welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Y'all, to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 1, as well as our online folks, as David uh, shared. Y'all can turn in your Bibles at home or wherever you're at to the book of Romans. This is the third part of a four-week sermon series called Darkness, and I actually believe this message today, what I'm going to be preaching on is my personal favorite. We are going to see what truth is. We are going to see what the word deception means. We're going to understand of this lie that if you or I aren't careful, we will buy and believe the lie. And it's called the suppression of truth. That's what God calls this. And it's all around us. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I, uh, next week we will conclude our sermon series on darkness and I'm going to be preaching on Revelation about where darkness ends up in the future and where it leads to. Because darkness isn't going away. In fact, we know book of, Bi- uh, book of Revelation tells us it's going to get worse. It means um, evil will not decrease. It will actually increase here in, in, in our world. But do go ahead and turn there. I was so proud of our church yesterday. We, had, we went on a mission trip. Say, so where did we go? We went to the city of Lexington. It was a mission trip to Lexington. We had 54 folks on six different teams go all over the place and uh, had a really good time uh, serving. I learned a couple things. Number one, uh, there's a lot of need in our city. It's all around us, the need. Number two, there's a lot of organizations. And a lot of these organizations, they need help. They just need churches and, and volunteers and people willing to say, I'll, I'll give up some of my time. I'll be willing to come and do this. Uh, so one of y'all came up and he says, Dan, you looked really busy yesterday. I saw the pictures on Facebook. You were about in every one, in every dual different station. It says, don't be fooled. Yes, I was in every picture. I also visited every site for eight minutes. I show up, made my appearance, took a picture, and walked out the door to the next one. I went to all six of them. Didn't stay very long. But one of them I was down at is the Hope Center. We're blessed to have a facility really right down the road here called the Hope Center. It's a homeless in a kind of a transitional home. They have a lot of different opportunities for connecting people who are, I guess, down and out and get them back. Um, they get a free meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and they wanted us so bad. Even when I was leaving, the guy was trying to get me next week to get our team to come back down. He said, anytime you come down and serve breakfast, lunch, or dinner at the Hope Center, there's always opportunities. They feed uh, all sorts of folks there. And... The guy who was the director of it, I was talking to him. I got there a little early. And I was talking with the gentleman, and he, was, he told me he used to be a resident of the Hope Center. He used to live on the streets, and he, you know, um, now is running the, the food part, the cafeteria. And I said, well, so y'all feed, I guess anybody who comes in says, yeah, absolutely. We don't discriminate. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're hungry, you're going to get a free meal. Uh, for any, any or every reason. We don't ask you. We just give you the food. The food's donated to us. We give it out to you. And I say, well, are most of the folks here, are, are, they, are these people just literally right off the street and they wander in? And I say, how can you really tell if someone is homeless? I was asking him that. And he says, oh, he says, I can tell. There's a lot of fake homeless people out there. I looked at him and go, What? Fake homeless people. I've never heard of a fake homeless person. He says, oh yeah, they're everywhere. He says, you, I can look at, because I used to be homeless, I can look at someone and tell if they're for real. 
I said, well, how do you tell? He says, if they've been weathered. If they've been weathered, you can tell they've been on the streets. Weathered means they're just rough. They haven't shaved in weeks or months. And they have just had all the elements, the sun, the rain, the snow, whatever, they, they get it. And he says, even if the fake people come in here, we still feed them too. So we serve all folks. And I share this because we're talking about truth. And I didn't question the guy, but there's apparently a lot of lies out there, deception. And whether that's meaning people are fake homeless or whether they're real homeless, or if it's real truth, which is God's truth, or if it's deception, it's lies from the devil. Here's another example of um, just uh, understanding a definition of things. Two weeks ago, Prince Philip there in England passed away. He's part of the royal family. He was married to Queen Elizabeth. He passed away. His funeral was about eight days ago there in London. And Prince Philip, he was 99 years old. And a lot of times if, when you're the queen, you might get invited to a lot of events to be a dignitary all over the world. So the queen, Miss Queen Elizabeth, would get invited to represent the royal family. And of course, she can't attend take every invitation. So she would send her husband, Prince Philip. So he would go there and represent the royal family. Well, a few years ago, he went, he was invited. She was invited to go to South Africa. Well, she couldn't make it. So she sent her husband, Prince Philip. Prince Philip goes there and he's in this African nation. And the well, waiter comes up to him and says, sir, would you like to have the chicken or the duck? And he said to the waiter, well, tell me about the duck. Now, if you said that to a waiter or waitress, you were probably expecting them to describe how it's cooked, what, uh, what type of, you know, uh, maybe if it was well done, medium, how, what it comes with, if it's stuffed, like how, how you, however you want to eat your duck there in South Africa. The waiter looks at Prince Philip and says, well, the duck, it's a chicken that swims. <laughs> and the waiter was being dead serious. That's a definition. That is, that's a definition of a duck. He told the truth. You want me to tell you about a duck? It's a chicken that swims. There you go. That's what a duck is. Now, that was truthful, but that's not probably what Prince Philip wanted to know about how to eat the duck. He didn't want a literal definition of what a duck was. I share all this about being fake homeless, how to define a duck, and then we're going to see here in the scriptures about what is truth. Truth comes from God himself. That's where truth comes from. Now, it is true that 2 plus 2 equals 4. It is true that Jesus died on the cross and rose again three days later. And it is true that God established and creates truth among everyone. And what, what, what happened, even starting the Garden of Eden, of this denial of the truth, if you remember, and we don't need to turn there, the devil asked Eve about the tree and about the restrictions on the tree and says, if we eat or touch it, which, by the way, Eve added to God's word. God never said she couldn't touch the tree, Adam and Eve. But if they were to eat it and touch it, she said, they would die. Right off the bat, the, his next words, you know, we're, we're talking about a talking snake here. A walking, talking snake. 
told Eve, you will not surely die. That's a lie. First lie right there. Well, the first one, Eve misinterpreted God's word by adding to it. The second one, the devil went directly after the truth and lied to Eve. And of course, we know what happened. That's when sin entered into the world. And it continues all the way down today. We are in a constant battle today against this suppression of truth. One of the most dangerous things you and I constantly have to be running a filter through our mind is, is this real? Is this true? Am I being lied to? Because if you or I aren't careful, if your children and your grandchildren aren't careful, you will be finding yourself being deceived. Deception is rampant. This is how the devil works. I believe it's his primary way he works. He has fooled and, and deceived many of the people. That director told me down at the Hope Center, he says, a lot of these guys that come here, they have addiction issues. And they just cannot, cannot get over it. They, it's a constant struggle for them. And I'm sure those, many of those men that were at that place yesterday, it started out when they were a young teenager, things were great in their life. And someone offered drugs to them, and that began the journey that led to them living at the Hope Center and, and get it, being fed there by our church with that. Sinful humanity doesn't see the deception. What I mean by that is someone who's spiritually lost. They don't even realize what they're, what they're dealing with. Now, some of them do. But many folks just think this is the world, this is how things, things go. So we're going to see here about what does it mean to suppress the truth. Actually, before we read the scripture, I want to I talk about words. I'll put it up on the screen here. How words in our culture, it changes. Let's just look at this. Back in the good old days, we used to use the word adultery. That's when someone who's married has an immoral sexual relationship with someone who's not their spouse. Adultery is the seventh commandment. The word adultery has a moral condemnation meaning. That's a harsh word. Like that, when you call someone an adulteress or an adulterer, you know, you remember the scarlet A. I mean, there's, there's power in that word. You're condemning someone. That word began to change. Now it, we move to an extramarital affair. All of a sudden, you've toned it down a little bit. You don't use the word adultery. You're now calling it an extramarital affair. But then even then, the word extra, and that, that, that still, it still isn't that po possible. Uh, so we need to keep dumbing it down a little bit. So now we move on to hooking up or a flame. Do you see how the word's changing? So you don't call it adultery. It's now, yeah, we hooked up. We had a fling. And now... We've arrived at cohabitation. You see how literally the vocabulary of the words has removed any type of moral responsibility with that. And that's, that's what the devil does. You don't call anyone an adulteress. They're, they're cohabitating. Whereas the Bible calls it adultery. God called it adultery. So when we read, read here in Romans 1, the the Bible's going to tell us in this passage. Paul wrote this 
towards, this is his Magna Carta. He wrote it towards the end of his life on that third missionary journey. He's, he's, he's soon going to be with the Lord. He's in a very immoral city called Corinth, and he's writing to the church in Rome. And he's explaining what sin does to you and I. He's warning us about the spiritual demonic darkness all around and how it will suppress truth and you won't be able to tell what's real and what's fake. And if you or I aren't careful, we will buy and believe the lie. The lie is when we start calling things, oh, they're cohabitating. You know, that's just how things are today. There, there, uh, it's a cohabitation union, whatever that is. Whereas God calls it, oh, they're living in adultery. This is wrong. Or in, um, if they're, the actual Bible word for that, for people who aren't even married, is called fornication. That's what it would be called for people who aren't married. All right, look here in your Bible. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. <clears throat> I really want you to follow along in your Bibles. This is, this is powerful powerful words for God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness look at this look at this phrase they suppress the truth unrighteous people means they push down the truth means it can't come up someone starts using the word adultery so you can't say this language that's offensive that bothers and upsets people. It's cohabitation. They're roommates. They're boyfriend and girlfriend. So we, we're changing, changing the meaning of the words here. There's, that's a suppression of truth. You don't tell folks they're a sinner anymore is what they're saying. Since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has already shown it to them. Meaning there is a moral law that God has put within us. We do not have to teach people who were born, even in other countries, that it's wrong, who don't even know the language, who don't know anything, that it's wrong to kill someone. There is a moral law that God has put in people. Otherwise, you would have rampant wickedness all over the place. A world, a culture does not work. If you just are mad at anyone, you just go kill them. Even among pagans, they know that killing is wrong. So that there's a moral expectation that God has put inside of us. That's what it means to be created in the image of God. God created us that way. We have a moral law. Now, animals do not understand this, this law. That's what separates us from animals, from the animal kingdom. We're human beings created like God. Verse 20. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. Meaning, you and I should be able to look at this world and realize these things are not an accident. God is a creator. He created us. He gives us life. Every time a child is born... That is a creation of the Lord. Everything around us is the Lord's creation. It is good. God said it was good. He declared his creation is good. Creation is not bad. 
This past Thursday was Earth Day. The earth is good. God created the earth, the heavens and the earth. He declared it to be good. We are to do, we're to not destroy our planet. God created this planet. Now, earth is not our eternal home by any means, but that doesn't give us the permission to destroy everything around here. We are told that, that God's creation, that points to a creator. Keep going here. As a result, now look at this, verse 20, last sentence of verse 20. People are without an excuse. That means the man that stands before God at judgment cannot look at the Lord and say, well, I didn't know. I had no idea there was a God. The Lord said, well, did you see the world? Did you see my creation? I put a soul inside of you. There's an eternal desire. There's, some, there's a longing for more that the Lord has put in every single person. So no one can give an excuse saying, I didn't know. There's no excuse for not knowing the Lord. Yet, though they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God or show, show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. There's that theme we're talking about. It's dark. Meaning, there's just, every time they open their mouth, every time they do something, it isn't for good it's actually for evil. Their thinking is nonstop immoral. And this is, it keeps going, it gets worse. That's what darkness does. It draws people in and it does not get better. It gets darker. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immoral, immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Now, we would look at this and go, Pastor, well, I don't struggle with worshiping animals. I don't struggle with looking at idolatry. That's what this is. Second commandment from Moses is, you shall make no idols for yourself. Now, we live, obviously, in the year 2021. If we could rewind 4,000 years, that would be about the time of Moses. Time of Moses, they were making golden calves. That's what they struggled with. That was their idol of the day. Let's net then fast forward 2,000 years from Moses. Then you're at about the time of Jesus. Those folks, so much of what Jesus was addressing, was dealing with the Pharisees who had taken the Old Testament and made it all about legalism. They were literally going around condemning people because they were not following God's law. And instead, the purpose of the law was to condemn us or show our need for God's grace, but that's not what they were doing. They were just condemning people. There was no grace. It was all law, no grace. So understand, 4,000 years ago, they're worshiping idols. 2,000 years ago, they're worshiping literally legalism. Today, people are worshiping. We're not worshiping so much animals. We're worshiping ourselves. We're worshiping this false belief of independence, meaning I'm my own man. Nobody can ever tell me what to do. I have the highest authority of whatever I say. And that is what's happened today. So you can just see how it's just progressed 
So it doesn't matter. We might not be worshiping these four-footed animals, these reptiles, but you're worshiping a two-footed man. That two-footed man is narcissism. That's you. It's a complete self-centeredness. That's what he's talking about here. These people who claim to be wise, it says in verse 22, are actually fools. They're fools. They don't even, they think they're speaking wisdom and they're speaking foolishness. And if you or I aren't careful, God's telling us this because we will start believing this foolishness. Your children and grandchildren will turn on the TV and hear foolishness and they'll start falling for it and believing it and buying into it. Our responsibility is understanding, is this a lie? Is this foolishness what I'm hearing? Okay, keep going down here in your Bibles. Verse 26, it gets even worse. Or I'm sorry, verse 24. Therefore God delivered them over to their desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. Meaning God... If someone wants to believe this foolishness and act foolish, he will allow them to do that. He literally just delivers them. Meaning, if this is how you want to live, fine. You live that way. It's on you. And their bodies are being degraded. They're literally destroying their bodies. It's men that want to become women. Women want to become men. But God, God's identity he's gave some folks are changing it. That's a degrading of the body. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served what has been created instead of the Creator, who is praised forever. Amen. They worship themselves. Total self-centeredness. They're worshiping the creation, not who actually created it. It gets worse, sadly. This is what the suppression of truth leads to. Things don't get better. Keep going here in your Bible. Verse 26. For this reason, so this suppression of truth, for this reason God delivered them over to their disgraceful passions. Delivered means God will not force someone to believe the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But the key word is you come to God through Jesus. He doesn't force people to do this. We can't force someone to get saved. We recognize that God is truth. Jesus is true. And we go to the truth through His Son. It's It's nothing that God is forcing upon us. And that's what's happened here. These folks, He has just allowed them to perish in their misery. Why does bad things happen to good people? Many good people that we might even call good have rejected the Lord. They're living. They're living for themselves. They're allowing their lives to be continually degraded. They've made the exchange, a switch, the truth of God for a lie. All right, here we go. Verse 26. Their women exchanged, this is the exchange that happened, natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. The men in the same way also left natural relations with women and were inflamed in their lust for one another. This is a picture of what darkness looks like. 
These aren't positive words here in the Bible. It's a, a, a picture of what occurs when you move from idolatry to now going, keep going down to depravity. It goes on to say, men committed shameless acts. Notice there's no shame anymore. Shameless acts. How dare you tell someone who they can who they can or cannot have sexual relations with? What business is that of you? So now there's no shame attached to the immorality. And when you arrive at that point, when shame has been thrown out the window, guys, anything goes. Anything. We're, we're just seeing the beginning of it. It's not going to end. Keep going here. It says, Men committed shameless acts with men and received in their own persons the appropriate penalty of their error. There's nothing positive in those verses. Only way you can interpret those three verses right there is God condemns homosexuality. Very clear. The word shameless, error, inflamed in their lust for one another. Unnatural. These are the words God is using for this. Verse 28. And because they did not think it worth, is worthwhile to acknowledge God. Look at this. God delivered them over to the corrupt mind so that they do what is not right. Look at their mind. Their mind is even corrupt. Meaning they can't even think straight. This is, this is, what, this is what darkness does to you. What you used to think was wrong, now you think is right. Literally, the devil has switched right from wrong. I want you all to know, this is all around us. You watch TV or the news, you will be hearing people tell you what is morally wrong, it's actually right. That is a fulfillment of verse 28. Their mind has been corrupt. And listen, you, member of Broadway Baptist, do not need to listen to people who have corrupt minds just spew this stuff out day after day. You're already going to hear, you can't get away from it. But why would you purposely put yourself in listening to someone with a corrupt mind tell you lies? Keep going here in your Bible. They are filled with all unrighteousness. Now here we go. We're about to make a list. Say, what does unrighteousness look like? Here's what unrighteousness looks like. Evil, greed, and wickedness. They are full of envy, murder, quarrels, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanders. Look at this. God, I, I, don't miss this word. God haters. There are folks out there, probably in our community, they hate God. They hate it. They don't like the Bible. They don't like to see crosses. They don't want to hear you share about your love for the Lord. They don't want to hear Christian TV or radio. They don't even want this church to exist. In their mind, this should be a car lot selling used cars. It's a God hater. There's people out there who are like that. Their mind has become corrupted. Arrogant, proud, boastful. Now look at this. Do you know what's coming 
It says they're inventors of evil. It's 2021. There's a lot of evil out there. But in 2026 and five years from now, there'll even be some new types of evil. We don't even know what they are yet. But they're coming because evil people actually invent evil. It's possible to invent new ways to do evil. So don't think it's going to get better. It's actually going to get worse because we'll have some new inventions of evil. That's what God's telling us. These folks here, they will even come up with new stuff to cause you to sin, to pull you away, to pull this world away from Christ. So we have inventors of evil here. They're disobedient to their parents. They're senseless, untrustworthy, unloving, and unmerciful. There's a ruthless folks, selfish people. Although they know God's just sentence, that means a lot of these folks know what the Bible says. They know what's coming. They know it's morally wrong. They know God's just sentence that those who practice such things deserve to die, meaning they know this is wrong. They not only do them, but they, this is so much of today, they even applaud others who practice them. That means people who do what's morally wrong will actually get a clap. Congratulations. What's morally and sinfully wrong, they get commended. They get awarded. They get recognized for what is immoral. So you're taking something that the Bible calls sin and you're giving them a trophy for it. And to make them feel good about themselves. This is our time we live in now. This is what spiritual darkness looks like. This is our city. What God calls wrong, others call right and give out medals for the award. And if you or I as believers and our children our households, if we aren't aware of this, we will believe the lie. The people exchange the truth of God for a lie. And we are, have to constantly, I have to, you do too, constantly ask the question, am I being lied to? Do I believe what I'm seeing? Do I believe what I'm hearing? Is this what God says about the situation? How would Scripture speak truth into this? There is truth out there. God has given us the Bible. He has spoken truth. God does not lie. He cannot lie. It's not in His character. The, war, the, world, the world we live in, evil, darkness, it's a lie. And if we, aren't, if we aren't careful, we will believe the lie. Just in moral stance today, think about it. Do you ever even hear the word abortion used today? That's, that can be an offensive word, abortion. Abortion is now called women's health care. Women's health care is, a, of course, everybody supports women's health care. Folks need to go to their doctor, need to go to the clinic. Do you see how all of a sudden the words have changed? So people get commended for supporting women's health care. Think about homosexuality. Nobody uses that word anymore today. It's now called equality. We support it. You still want to support equality? Yeah, folks are equal. Nobody wants to go around being unequal equality is a more positive kind word 
than homosexuality. And I, what happens, this is what, you see how the cultural pressure changes our sins for today. We need to be aware of this idolatry that's around us. And the idolatry that's around us will cause us to grasp hold of the darkness that the Bible speaks of. The idols of today, they're out there. It's calling wickedness good. And you get praised for it. Last point I want to say, and we'll put it up on the board here. This is what happens when a man or a woman turns his back on God. This is what, literally what we just witnessed in the scripture. It's a, it's, a, it's a progression of death. This is darkness today. Look up here on the board. Number one, they are socially perverted. Verse 25 tells us. It tells us here, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They're now then worshiping the creation instead of the creator. Meaning, instead of seeing other people as a child of God, all of a sudden they're beginning to see them as uh, something to worship. You're socially perverted. It starts out with that. You don't see people as that's a lost soul that needs to get saved. You, you begin looking at folks differently. You, you look at them as someone that can help you. Number two, they're sexually perverted. And we see that. That's uh, the sins there of homosexuality. And that's rampant today. That's in verses 26, 27, what we read. There's this exchange for natural relations to unnatural relations. But then it gets worse than this. This is where sin leads us. After being socially perverted, to, and this is a, a progression, it gets worse to sexually perverted, then it ends up being spiritually perverted. And in verse 28, it says, because they didn't think it was worthwhile to acknowledge God, God delivered them over to their corrupt mind. He basically said, you have condemned yourself. You are spiritually perverted. That's how you want to live? Fine. But when you pass away, when you stand in judgment, you are not saved. There are many spiritually perverted people around us. Now use the word perverted here in a sense of understanding that it's wrong. They're spiritually in error. Guys, it starts out. What sin leads to us? Darkness. Socially, we start looking at, we start looking at God's creation wrong. Then it goes down to sexually, then it goes down to spiritually. That is what darkness does to us. You or I as believers in Christ, I'm urging you to remember and recognize there is a suppression of truth. Every time you hear something, you need to run it through your biblical filter. Is this true? Is this God's truth? Truth comes from God. Jesus described himself as the truth. We are being lied to. It will not get better. It's going to get worse. But as it gets worse, and it's harder and harder to find truth, we have to make a stand 
You never give up an inch on truth. We stand on God's Word. You have to be that bold person that says, I know that's what you're saying, but here is what God has spoken. And you don't back down. You don't be embarrassed. You just say, this is the truth. And sir, if you're not happy with it, don't tell me. You take this up with God. If this isn't my problem, it's, if you have a problem, with it, you, you and the Lord can get together and you do business with Him because this is what the Lord has told us. And we as Bible-believing Christians, folks, we have to be a, a body of believers and not just in our church, but the whole context of the American church to say we are going to stand for biblical truth because our world is getting darker and darker and darker. And you and I can't fall for it. Yesterday when I was at Assurance, you know, that's our, that's our local crises pregnancy center here. I'm so proud of our guys that went and served there. I have a special heart for that place because they are on the front lines. The lady there that runs it was telling us yesterday, our team, she said, we are only, this is a spiritual warfare battle when we meet with these young women who are considering abortion. They meet, they meet all sorts of unusual opposition. But she recognized the spiritual warfare of trying to save people's lives, save children's and babies, unborn babies' lives, because she is up against a force of darkness. In fact, she described it as a religion for some people, the religion of abortion. That's, how, that's the loyalty that some folks have to it, and they're on the front lines at that place. Folks, that's our world we live in. I'm asking you this morning, have you allowed truth in your life to be suppressed? I want you to know, I, I've said it before, folks, if you are listening to three, four, five hours a day of TV news, you are being fooled. You are being, there's an agenda behind that. There is a suppression of truth that's coming that way. And we have to look at what we're allowing to come into our eyes and our ears and influence us how we think to say, is this true? Because if, you're, if you are not allowing God to speak biblical truth, I want to tell you, when you're struggling with truth, Romans chapter 1 is your, your chapter you need to go to. The Bible literally, this was wrote 2,000 years ago, and it speaks volumes for us today. And understand, the depravity of our nation and our whole world is going to get worse. But that doesn't mean for us it has to. God has called us to be light. God has called us to make a stand. God is wanting you and your family to be able to say, as for me and my house, me and my family, we are going to be different because we will serve the Lord. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel. Jesus is calling you into truth. All truth comes from God. Truth, is, by definition, is a fact. God is true. And we know his son was buried, died on the cross, and rose again for us so you can be saved. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. Brother Hurd's going to come up here.
David Dale's going to lead us in a song. We're going to have a hymn of invitation. This is your opportunity to respond to the gospel. We're going to sing our song book. You can open it up. Have you been to Calvary? Calvary is the place where Jesus died. That, that was the hill right outside Jerusalem. Hymn number 256 in your song book. If you want to make a decision, if you want to join this church, this is a fantastic Bible-believing church. You come to this church, you're going to hear God's Word preached and taught. Your children are going to be taught the truth here. You need to be here. This needs to be your church home. We are standing down front. Would you walk forward and take our hand and make this your church home or come forward and talk to myself or Brother Hurd about how to be saved? Dave?